Welcome to episode 150 of In Touch with iOS, a podcast that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. I am your host, Dave Ginsberg. Uh, my co-host, Warren Sklar, is off tonight, but we have two great guests this week. My first guest is the tech-savvy lawyer, Michael Eisenberg. How are you doing, Michael? Hey, sir. Thank you for having me back. Oh, I'm so thrilled to have you back, and uh, uh, we're going to definitely get uh, to uh, Talk to you a little bit about uh, some some legal things that are going on with Apple here in just a bit, but also uh, to join the show this week, and we just have him back every week. It seems like Mr. Jeff Gamet's back. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing well. Thanks for inviting me back yet again. Yes, yes, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, I think uh, we've got uh, quite a bit to talk about this week with Apple, uh, as as it seems like we always do as of late. So uh, we've got some news. Uh, we've talked about beta that uh, just uh, made some changes this week. Uh, we are going to touch upon the Epic versus Apple uh, uh, legal uh, stuff that's going on, uh, and a number of other things here. So we got some good topics to talk about this week with everybody. But let's just, just go ahead and dive right in, and uh, let's jump onto the news here for this week. Uh, first story we have is out in Mac Rumors. Uh, AirTags used to s- successfully to track a mailed package across the UK. Thought this was interesting. An Apple an Apple customer in the United Kingdom had has successfully used Apple's Find My Network to track an AirTag as he it was being sent by mail to a friend in a completely different city. Uh, they they outlined this in a blog post uh, and. Uh, uh, oh, this was Kirk McInerney. Uh, yeah, we, we know him. Uh, he he does uh, a lot of stuff, right, uh, Jeff, with mm-hmm. uh, with uh, with uh, iTunes and music and such. Uh, he uh, he decided to to tape an air tag to a piece of card, wrapped it inside a small bubble envelope, and then sent it on its way. Uh, and uh, when he when it got to uh, got he he lives uh, in a small town called Stratford upon Avon, and he shipped his air tag to a friend near London, and they used the Find My app and on his Find iPhone, and sure enough, he was able to keep track of it the whole time. So I think that's has, has come in real handy. Uh, uh, Michael, have you have you uh, purchased any air tags yet? Have you even looked at those? I haven't looked at them yet. I mean, I'm interested, but I, to be honest, I have a couple of uh, tile trackers that I still need to activate. Yeah. But given COVID, quite frankly, it's like I don't go anywhere. I'm either in my office yeah. in the house or I'm downstairs in the house. Um, and given the recent uh, gas price hike that we're having here in the southeast, which includes northern Virginia, Washington, D.C., yes. I'm thankful that I have a full tank of gas. And since I haven't traveled anywhere really far. Uh, I'm not worried for the next several months about filling that tank up. Yeah. And Jeff, obviously, we've had lots of discussions about AirTags. I thought this is what was kind of a unique way of, of testing its its uh, abilities. Uh, wouldn't you, didn't you think? <laughs> uh, yes. And honestly, for me, it, it wasn't a matter of, holy crap, someone did this. It was, how long is it going when? to take before someone <laughs> mails an AirTag and tracks it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, now we know. Uh, Just a couple. No, it, it works. They they they, well, fought, they they were able to track it from what from point A to point B. Well, you know, one thing I'd be curious about is whether or not that's actually technically legal because you're not allowed to mail certain batteries and other sources of power uh, without yeah. proper registration. And I know that the tile has a battery in it, so. Uh, I hope that that person is considering possible legal ramifications if, uh, you know, from their experiment. Well, this was in the UK, so we don't know. I don't know. We don't, I don't know. I was well versed on the laws of, the, of, of there. So but, yeah, well, uh, my, my, my take on it is someone else did it. So I didn't have to the legal exactly. ramifications <laughs> right. no longer apply. 
let let them let them take take the take it. Yeah, if, yes. if something happens. So, uh, although um, I did mail a four pack okay. of brand new air tags right. to a friend just recently, to, and to when I got to the post office, um, uh, you know, they said, "Are are there any batteries in this?" And I'm like, "Well, actually, yes." And uh, and so I showed him the air tag that I had with me, and I said, "There's four of these in here." Opened it up and went, "These, this is the battery. There's four of these." And he's like, "Oh, pff, whatever." And, yeah, those uh, are just, and that was the end of that. Two or three, two batteries. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, and then next story here on Mac Rumors as well is uh, the Find My Network was exploited to send messages. Security researcher had found a way to leverage Apple uh, Find My Network to function as a generic data transfer mechanism, allowing non-internet connected devices to upload arbitrary data by using nearby Apple devices to upload the data to them. Uh, the Find My Network uses an entire base of active iOS devices and acts as a node to transfer location data. I'm going to explain, explain this in a, in a blog post. And they have a diagram in here. It actually shows uh, how the data flow works. So I just found this interesting to see that, that already that people are uh, attempting the, to exploit uh, the, the Find My Network, which I'm not at all surprised. Uh, what, what's your take on this, Jeff? I'm not surprised either. And yeah. from from what I've read, it doesn't look like they can do anything malicious with this yet. You know, yeah. like th they can't inject uh, uh, malicious code. Uh, but it's definitely a clever way to uh, to transmit messages without uh, other people knowing. Oh yeah, for sure. Which is a little scary. So yeah. yeah. Any thoughts on any thoughts on this, Michael? Well, you know, it just kind of dawned on me that we're going to be talking about the Apple versus, excuse me, the Apple versus Epic uh, fight. And you got to wonder if other third-party companies or the third-party trackers are going to want to use the Find My iPhone system and if there's going to be a cost to that and if Apple is going to even let them. Um, I can fill you in on that. Yeah, because there, there was a story. I was hoping you were going to complete it up, Jeff. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Uh, the Find My Network for uh, third-party trackers is mm -hmm. totally available for, oh, for okay. all those companies to use. Even and, Tile. <laughs> yeah, even Tile can use it if, if they... Oh, wow. So, I didn't know that. If they, if they want. If they choose. If they choose. But they're, they're unhappy right now. <laughs> they're unhappy right now, and, uh, and I can see why. Now, there's a limitation, though. If you're going to make a tracker device that uh, that uses the find my system then it needs to be locked down so exclusive to that which I, uh which th there there are two logic paths that go along with it one is uh it, it allows apple to uh to help avoid uh, potential exploits of their tracking system and then the other part is well hey now you're locked into the apple system so if tile were to to uh uh, support the Find My network. They would have to make a separate tile tracker that supported just Find My and not their okay. own tracking platform. Right. But you know, the one thing I didn't hear you say, Jeff, is how much is it going to cost? Uh, Apple is not charging a fee for uh, companies. They're not. 
Yeah, wow, and that, that's that's, that's the interesting that's the interesting thing with it because uh, everybody thinks so. Oh, monop- uh, monopoly, monopoly. Apple is not going to allow any any third party to jump in. We want our ad air tags to be exclusive. Well, it's not. I mean, and 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 like I said, we'll be talking about this with Epic in just a minute here about that stuff with the Apple opening things up and being reasonable. Uh, here's another example of it um, when it comes to, to, to the Find My network. Now, they've already got devices already on the Find My already with Belkin's got earphones and 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 there's other number of different devices already that are joining on to the Find My network, which is which is awesome because uh, why why do I have wanted to be going into different places when I can go to one place to look for all my devices right through their network? So which is pretty it's pretty cool. Of course. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, yeah. what Apple wants, and uh, yeah, it, it just so happens that it also works out to be uh, a nice and convenient thing for us too. So, you know, it's Very like much a so. all the way around. Very much so. Uh, the next story, and this is a story of uh, I'm not surprised it's already come, happened. Here is uh, Mac rumors testing out a 3D printed AirTag compatible Apple TV remote case. Early, uh, the earliest week, uh, they shared uh, a 3D printed Apple TV remote case that is designed to house an AirTag, adding much needed Find My functionality to the Siri remote that we could never find because it gets it falls between the cushion. And they wanted to check it out. Interesting. It was an Etsy seller that has a who designed the case sells it for twelve dollars ninety nine cents US. But uh, of course, you got to have that three D printer to to take advantage of being able to print that. Um, and there's a spot that and they show a picture in a video on on, on this uh, on in this story to show you where the AirTag will go and and it fits right into the case and you can find it. Um, Jeff, we've talked about the Apple TV a number of times, and and, and the remote. I did order the uh, the new Siri remote that's co- cool. that's coming. We'll see because um, I want to know. I like to see where how the, how that is because we were pretty excited about it. So we'll be reviewing that when it comes out. Uh, uh, but what do you think? This this is uh, this is. I, I think people are going to start printing them and actually selling them, and not you not have to have a three D printer. Of course, they're going to do that. Uh, but I'd like to remind people that if you have uh, a 3D printer file that you want to print, yeah. uh, check and see if your local makerspace is currently open. Because if it is, you can go in and print your, your uh, 3D case. Okay. And they just charge you any for the supplies? Or? Yeah, uh, it depends. Uh, some of them are fully funded you know, through, uh, through grants. And donations hmm. and others you'll, you have to uh to pay for materials okay uh i'm sure you haven't done much with michael with the 3d printing i haven't either uh so no i, I haven't but uh, i have a feeling that if i want to find a uh, surrey remote with a uh, air tag <laughs> i could just go on amazon and type that in and come up with uh you know a dozen uh so, someone might get. come up with them yeah yeah mm-hmm. someone's gonna sell it yeah, they're, they're already got third-party uh, AirTag uh, cases. You know, you have I haven't put in there. I, I haven't put in my AirTag yet, but uh, in this in this part of my four-pack. But uh, yeah, there there there's gonna be third-party stuff everywhere. Well, well, wait, did you go with Apple's case or did you go with a third-party case? I bought the, the Belkin on my keys. I I don't have them here, but the, my key chain has that holds this. This is the AirTag. Um, mm-hmm. uh, is is made by Belkin, and it was like twelve dollars and ninety five cents. Apple was selling it, so yeah, I went with that one for my keys. And then you could buy. There's a ton of third parties, but I, I keep going on Amazon looking at the third party uh, cases for the AirTags, and uh, none of them have in stock for like a month. I mean, it's. Oh, wow. I don't okay. know if you saw that, Jeff, but uh, yeah, I think a, a, for a lot of the companies, it's because they needed Apple to announce the AirTags so they could actually get the yeah. specs. 
and start and production. Yeah, so then then they're like, okay, this is what we're selling. And then they're doing like this and someone start actually making it. Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. So I think that has a lot to do with the delays. Um, uh, speaking of the, what we just talked about, I forgot I had this article here is, um, uh, Chipolo, the one spot is now available for pre to, to, uh, to pre-order as a cheaper air tag alternative with find my integration. Uh, and as, as we just talked about, Apple opened up the find my, uh, app to third party devices. Uh, Chipolo is one of the first brands to offer the, the fun this functionality with a new one spot item tracker. looks like it looks slightly bigger from the picture here, but the price is set at, uh, $28 individually or $90 for a four pack. So you're about 10 bucks less than what Apple's charging for their four. Um, and, as with the AirTag, you can attach it to a Chipolo One spot to, for the keys, a wallet, the backpack, all that stuff. And, and that and that was the thing too is people want to want to be able to put it in their wallet and put it in other places. So, so there you go. We got we already have the first third party uh, AirTag competitor that Apple is uh, opening that up to. So and it has a hole um, in it, so you can just throw it on your yeah. Keyboard. It has a hole. Look at that. You don't have to ha- have to have a case for it in the picture. So it's uh it's good stuff. So I think we. Uh, pretty much have covered that uh, unless you guys have anything else about this all right and then um the uh uh the other thing i want to talk about uh, actually you know what? i'll bring this down to our discussion about the ipad in just a moment here so let's uh, we'll talk about it in a bit um this was uh, interesting uh apple is mac rumors apple is going to be merging the icloud's documents and data service with icloud drive about time in may of 2022 Apple plans to merge the iCloud documents and data service uh, with iCloud Drive starting in May of 2022, as according to a support document that was published last week um, from uh, from Apple. iCloud Drive and iCloud documents and data share the fundamental ability to backup data from apps. However, iCloud documents and data was offering a cumbersome, confusing experience. In contrast, iCloud uh, Drive is more unified with users able to access their files and content through the Files app and throughout their uh, devices. So they're saying starting uh, next year, a year from now, um, the the iCloud uh, documents and data will have their accounts automatically migrated to iCloud Drive. but you do have to make sure you have iCloud Drive enabled because uh, if you don't, you're not going to be able. You'll end up stopping using it. So, uh, Jeff, what do you think? This is this is about time. I think, as like I said, it is the the bigger news for me out of this was that uh, iCloud Documents and Data was actually still a thing. Uh, seriously, yeah. I thought it had already been shut I did down too. a long time ago. I forgot about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. I mean, I use iCloud Drive all the time. Like all, all yeah. the all the video stuff that I record on my computer goes yeah. into iCloud Drive and then I and then I pull it up on my iPad where I do my editing and it's just seamless. Absolutely. You use iCloud Drive, Michael, I'm assuming. I do, but only for my personal stuff. I right. I'm a little bit more lazy in the sense that I just haven't figured out something else. <laughs> if I wanted to use something else other than iCloud Drive to back up my personal stuff. On the other hand, sure. uh, I've been a fan of Dropbox when it comes to my business and mm-hmm. Quite frankly, sure. as they're issuing out a new service in 2022, I would be hesitant to want to back up my legal law practice uh, oh, yeah. with with iCloud until like a lot of the bells and, and kinks are kicked out. But um, even then, that would take like several years. And as <laughs> Dropbox has been working for 15 plus years, I have no right. plans on changing anything. Yeah, 
uh, if I were you, I'd be the same way. If I had my, if I have any business for that matter, I mean, I, I mean, I'm back in places, up in the different places uh, across the board here, including I use iDrive. That's what, but my primary backup as of late, uh, uh, OneDrive. Uh, I do some Dropbox backups, but uh, iDrive has been my primary of backing up all my computers and all my data. And again, you got photo backups as too. You know, of course, Google uh, Photos is supposed to be is going to be shutting down. Mm. They're removing storage here very shortly. I know that as well. So, but it's good to see that. Apple is finally going to get rid of that, which, like I said, we didn't even know it was. It still existed, uh, and iCloud Drive hopefully becomes more of a robust uh, way of getting to your files where it hadn't been in the past. So, uh, you see this, and then, the price structure with that, oh, the new price structure. Oh, for iCloud. Mm-hmm. In twenty twenty two. Did they mention that? No, I didn't see that. I did. No, uh, I don't. I didn't know they were changing pricing structures. Uh, yeah, I don't think they are. I mean, I you, thought they you, were just you, shutting well, down the old legacy. Uh, yeah, this is just a, the, data. yeah, this is just a legacy cloud uh, data and documents. That this was a legacy service that 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 they hadn't shut down and moving it over just to iCloud Drive instead of. Uh, yeah, but I have a feeling something new is going to pop out in 2022. Oh, I see. And, you and, and there's going to be, be a whole new pricing structure <laughs> um, because yeah. people, people are exactly thrilled with it because you have to jump, make a huge jump uh, from one to the yeah. other. Um, but I'll tap, we'll talk about the Apple One bundle here just a bit because like we have, we have some. Uh, they finally fixed some issues here, and we'll we'll touch on that a little bit. Um, and then um, the. Uh, Last story I had here was uh, two months after the. This is on the Mac Observer. Our friend uh, Charlotte Henry wrote this. Uh, the HomePod was discontinued. It still remains available to purchase. Uh, Apple announced, of course, the HomePod would be discontinued. This was back in March, as uh, as we record this a month ago, or two months ago now, and um, and the company said that. Uh, way back when, at the, the, uh, that, that time, uh, the HomePod Mini is going to be the, is a huge hit, and they're very happy with just to stick with that and discontinue the HomePod. Interesting to find that uh, a lot of people are saying when they purchase these HomePods, these are this is stock that, of, of HomePods when it first came out like three years ago. So kind of wow. tells you that Apple had a, quite a warehouse full of them. They're still selling them, uh, I would think. Uh, and uh, we've talked about HomePod a bunch of times, uh, uh, Jeff. What do you what do you think? I think this is this is why there's just still a, a warehouse full of them yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're down to just the whites, and and the yeah. space grays are all gone. But yeah. still, I mean, the the fact that uh, that people can get HomePods, original HomePods that are from that first and second right. run, is uh, is kind of telling. Yeah, it's it it's been sitting in the warehouse for a while, and it kind of tells you why they kind of discontinue it. Do you have, do you have a HomePod or a HomePod Mini, uh, Michael? I have both, and I mean clearly the HomePod okay. the HomePod sounds much better than the HomePod Mini. Um, and there was a time when I was contemplating getting a second HomePod, but quite frankly, if they're discontinuing it, I, I don't see the need to you know yeah, jump and buy old, old hardware. Um, you know, yeah. it was on sale for a hundred bucks, but they're not going to discount their stuff anytime no. soon. I've got the HomePod pair above me, and I do have some minis as well. And uh, I'll hold off for the pair of the HomePod for now. It, it's it still works great. And, yeah, and it'll and now continue that I can, to work for a long time. Yeah, yeah. 
So, all right, so let's move on to uh, to our topics. Uh, when Warren is usually here, he's the he's the one that lives on the edge and always has beta installed and has beta versions of his, of iOS software. But let's just talk about this a little bit, see what's going on in the beta world. Uh, Apple just seeded the third uh, version, the third beta of iOS fourteen point six, as well as iPad OS, and the public beta is also available. Um, and uh, it appears to be just some more minor changes. They really haven't made a lot of uh, a lot of changes, other than the fact that they are laying the groundwork for the Apple Card family feature that's going to be introduced. We'll talk about that in a bit here. Uh, it allows the spouses to share a single credit card, Apple Card account, uh, each person as a co-owner to build credit. So, uh, we'll talk about that in just a bit. But it looks like yeah, I, I'm not seeing too anything too uh, terribly exciting with uh, with beta this week, um, and, and it seems like it's been like that pretty much. For for a while, other than when fourteen five was taking, it took almost what three months to finally come out, yeah. uh, which was crazy. Um, and we've got links here in, show, uh, in, in the show notes. Uh, uh, the, the Watch OS uh, seven point five for the Apple Watch uh, was it was also released. Uh, don't see anything there. They don't. They aren't really aware of anything that's. Uh, that that's come out and then tvos never has anything true that, that it has any fanfare that's at 14.6 as well uh so um one thing that was interesting is uh with ios uh 14.6 beta is everybody has been complaining big time about the apple podcasts app it has just been god awful horrible i mean i i just stopped using it and in fact my my wife uh started really getting into podcasts i was kind of kind of excited for her to finally start listening to podcasts because she hadn't been never i never remember listening to podcasts she's into the crime junkies uh uh podcast which is kind of kind of neat and she was using the apple podcast app she kept complaining about i said uh yeah i need to move you over to pocket cast you're gonna be so much happier with that so as soon as i did it she's like oh my god this is so much better um so they did redesign the uh, the podcast library, so all the episodes of a show is now displayed by default. But it was ne- never po- no longer possible to delete or remove individual episodes, which is such a pain. I, I like doing that. I want to be able to go into my podcast yeah. app and, and I want to clean things out. And it, it just has gotten so horrible. It's but the thing is, this show yeah. there's so many people who are listening to this show, and I know by the stats I look at every week, uh, they listen to it using Apple Podcasts. So it's still. It's still it's a relevant uh, play way of listening to podcasts these days, um, but I just yeah it, it it it's interesting to see where this is going to go and I'm hoping Apple listens because I'm been, been a lot of lot of uh, disappointments and people complaining about it. Don't you, uh, so any thoughts, Jeff? Uh, I'm not surprised at the stats you're seeing because yeah. it's the the default app that comes it on is. people's iPhones and iPads. Therefore, it's the app most people will use. It's unfortunate that it's become yeah. such a hot mess. Um, <laughs> also, I have a podcast recommendation for your wife. Since, since she's okay. getting into, into the crime stuff, uh, tell her to check out My Favorite Murder. Yeah, I think she was listening to that one too. Good. Yeah, that's, okay, a, that's wait, a great wait, podcast. Wait, wait, wait. I got to jump in with uh, another podcast uh, for your wife. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I, I love like this. I, I love Dateline, um, which is oh, actually a podcast you can do. Um, it, it, no, you can download episodes of, of Dateline, but that's actually right. not the one I'm going to recommend. It's a it, podcast is called Find Jody. It's about Find Jody. Jody. Who's, uh, if you ask your wife about Jody, who's in true, if I'm pronouncing her last name correctly, this is a news reporter uh, out in Minnesota that 25 years ago disappeared on her way to work that, her hmm. friends and colleagues have kept in the news all these years. I'm sure she has seen 
an episode or two in yeah. the past about Jody Hosenkrew, and they just started this podcast this year that I really enjoy. As I've always just, you know, I find crime and mystery, you know, better than the news because you know the news is just even worse. But we won't go there. Oh, absolutely. I will add that. I'll, I'll definitely make sure she makes is made aware of it. So, um, so yeah, that's really the only other thing that stood out with 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 the beta. That that hopefully that that's going to have some improvements. I haven't spent a lot of time uh, as far as that goes uh, with uh, uh, with the Apple Podcast app. So, um, but uh, uh, let's go on and move on. To, uh, to, let's go on and move on to our big our our, our first topic we wanted to hit is uh, the fact that. Um, the upcoming iPad Pro, which is going to be coming out, uh, actually from from uh, from article we have in here in the show notes, it's uh, it's going to start preparing to ship here pretty soon. Here, I did order the um, I did order the uh, uh, the 11 inch the iPad Pro with the M1 processor. I currently have the 2018 version, which I'm trading in with Apple. Apple gave me a very generous uh, uh, amount to to trade it in, so I'm not paying a huge amount for the new one. Um, so it's pretty much like a equal trade more or less, but, uh, I don't think it's going to be equal because, um, it's going to be about 50% faster than the previous generation. We have an article here in show notes that, that, uh, I uh, wanted to, to touch upon this a little bit, uh, from, uh, Mac rumors, uh, really looking at the, the, the Geekbench of, uh, the Geekbench five average multi-core scores. And it's like right behind the M1 MacBook Air. Uh, for for performance, it's just crazy, and it blows. And it's it doesn't blow away, but it's 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 faster than a Core i nine Intel MacBook Pro, um, and then of course fifty percent more than the, the 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 iPad Pro I currently have now. That's the A twelve Z processor for that. So, um, but this is this be interesting to see where where that performance comes from as far as whether is it the twelve point nine going to be much faster than the eleven inch? I I, I don't know. We we aren't going to know until we get it in our hands and really. Um, get, uh, uh, get get to see what's going on here. But uh, the other thing too is the graphics performance is going to be up to about seventy one percent from what they're saying uh, better, which is it just is going to be phenomenal here. So, but uh, Michael, you you brought up uh, you wanted to talk a bit about the the file uh, file management and and, and are, you, are you currently using it in your in your in your in your practice using an iPad so for for work? I I have an iPad Pro and uh, it's I believe the twenty eighteen. Um, uh, 12.9. Yeah. And to be honest, uh, you know, I love the iPad. Uh, I love the iPad pro. I like the size. I like, um, uh, the screen and I, I like the snappiness. Now I, I have noticed in the last week or two that it kind of started slowing down a little bit. So I don't mm-hmm. know if that has to do specifically with the iOS or the horrible rumor that, you know, Apple sometimes slow down all the machines in order for the release <laughs> of new machines and yeah. or uh, new iOS, but we won't go in that direction. Now, the thing is, I cannot use an iPad Pro to uh, run my business. Uh, you know, as much writing I do, as much mm-hmm. like with my client relations management program, which syncs nicely with my, my, um, my main computer, my, my iMac. Uh, the problem is I cannot easily find, get, alter documents that I need that are in my office files. And because of that, I can't like go to a coffee shop and do some major work. I might be able to write a brief if I transfer the word file into the right spot or, you know, take care of some email, but it's, it's because of the file management. It can never, you know, 
become a laptop for me to be on the road or even a main computer in my office. Um, and, and it's just frustrating. There's just simply no reason why uh, that can't be more easily done uh, without the frustrations and the tricks that you have to know in order to kind of make sure that everything is in sync. Absolutely. Um, and uh, Jeff, we've talked about this before with the file management and uh, and and what and you're doing. You're doing a lot of your LumaFusion video editing on on your iPad, right? Right. right. Um, yeah. The the file management. Um, I, I'm with you. Apple needs to find a more efficient way to let us uh, uh, access documents on our iPad. You know, as as far as uh, as syncing content goes. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as I think about ahead of time how I'm going to use my documents, you know, I can put them right. in the right places. But you know, now we're going back to to I need to to plan ahead for right. where my documents go. Um, so the the other part of the problem that I'm seeing is that app developers aren't always coming up with with. Uh, uh, good and robust ways for us to access the content we're working on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for example, I do a lot of writing on my iPad in mm-hmm. Ulysses, and mm-hmm. uh, and it has its own interface into file management, and so it becomes this transparent thing where I'm just working in Ulysses. I write, and when uh, when I get over to my Mac, I can open Ulysses on my Mac. And the exact same files are sitting in the exact same place in the interface, just waiting for me, which is great. And with LumaFusion, they make it easy for me to get into all of those online storage systems so that I can put content in my Dropbox account or in my OneDrive or in iCloud or wherever I'm going to put it and, uh, and, and access without any problem. But there are a lot of apps that I use where it is really difficult to uh, to manage where those files are. I now, admittedly, I've not played with it in a while. But for instance, for me, for like uh, Microsoft Word uh, or any uh, PDF reader or PDF uh, program that I want to use to ma- uh, manipulate and or read PDFs, um, it's just a nightmare. You've got to like find the file in the Finder or in Dropbox and open it up, and you have to save it as a different document, and then you got to make sure you save it as and save it back to wherever you need it. And when I'm leaving my office to go wherever, you know, I don't always know what I'm going to need. And it's always, you know, like another client could pop up, you know, client, I'm going out for client A, but client X has this emergency. Well, I can't really necessarily take care of it or stumble around. Um, That's why I do have parallels access. But even then, you're not always guaranteed uh, internet connection. Mm-hmm. Or good internet connection. Right. Even if you, and I have the cellular pro, uh, program, but that doesn't guarantee me anything. Right. right, but it's all right there on your on your uh, MacBook Pro or your iMac. Right, and that's why that's why I'm always taking my MacBook Pro. So I, yeah, I it totally makes sense. MacBook Pro, and you know, this has become more of a uh, uh, media consumption device, which I enjoy and sure. very very secondary uh, for work. Yeah, and my iPad is is uh, very or my iPad Pro is very much a uh, a content creation device, mm-hmm. but not to the to the level that I would like it to be, and uh, and that's simply because uh, it's not as easy to manage my content 
on my iPad as it is on my Mac. Uh, and, and of course, there are other things like you know, like a specific app that does a specific thing, and it's only on on Mac OS. Or like if I if you go to record a show, a podcast, mm-hmm. well, um, unless you're going to spend a lot of money to uh, to make everything come together, or just use a web service to do that, right? You're going to do it on your Mac. It's the the yeah. iPad is just too limited. But, but I will say in the iPad's defense that I do edit all of my podcast with ferrite on my iPad. Ferrite. Oh, no, you know, whether it's my finger, totally my it. finger or a pencil, it, it, it's, it's just, it's so intuitive that way. Um, mm-hmm. And the way my mind thinks that I can usually, you know, go through <laughs> and edit a podcast and just have it come out, you know. Yeah, ferrite good. is a killer app. It is. Oh, I have it. I, I don't use it enough. I need to. I, I've been using GarageBand at this podcast for for many years, and I, I need to explore it further. I really do. But you you have a system that works, and uh, right. and that's great. So it's GarageBand. Uh, not always on my easy iPad to get a too. file over there, but not always easy to get a file over there. But um, yeah, you know, I you you have your workarounds, and because Ferrite Ferrite is so intuitive and easy to use, it's worth the time. Good stuff. So yeah, that's I'm definitely I'm I'm getting pretty excited to 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 get that new iPad. I I held off and didn't get the 2020 as 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 people know me. I try I do I tend to buy the new ver, new versions of products pretty quickly. I I avoid it at this time with the iPad. So I held off a year, uh, two years, and uh, three years actually. Uh, and uh, and uh, now I'm excited to, to to see what the M1 has to offer when that arrives. And we're expecting that to arrive towards the end of the month as we record this in may here so you'll definitely be hearing about it so awesome. um let's uh, go ahead and talk about uh since we have michael here i wanted to touch upon the the epic versus apple uh, trial that, that that did begin uh this past week a lot of things going on with it um and uh you know of course everybody knows this is the the trial about the about fortnite epic games versus apple uh having the uh, issues with the app store and being remo- removed from the uh uh, being removed and all the other fun stuff and and it's not Michael you you have been you have been following this and and you have, you have some some views of uh, of this uh, trial and what you think so far where it's going and what what could the outcome be yes and what I'd like to do is I'd like to kind of like start a little bit from the beginning to make sure we have some very sure. basic understanding and I'm not trying to be uh, uh, pedantic to the listener but I want to make sure that we all have at least a, a basic threshold to move forward now before I even begin. Yeah. I apologize to Dave, Jeff, and your entire audience. I have to issue a caveat slash warning. Yes, I am an attorney. Okay. I am going to be talking about legal things. I am not offering legal advice. This conversation is not creating an attorney-client relationship. My opinion is simply that. My opinion. It is not a professional analysis of this is what's going to happen. This is uh, what I think may happen personally. Um, I do encourage you to contact your own attorney if you need some help regarding an issue similar to this. That being said, the basic issue we're seeing here between Epic uh, Epic and Apple, which is also between Epic and Google, is that Epic doesn't want to pay the Apple Pay and the Google Pay store prices. They're getting about roughly 30% of their income, and they want to keep more of their money. Uh, You know, we can all understand that. However, the question becomes whether Epic can claim, improve, if Apple 
and Google have some sort of monopoly over this process where there's an antitrust violation going on. And that's where I want to start just briefly, not to bore everyone, with a little history about how everything's going into play. Number one, you're, you're, everyone's listening, wondering, well, how can the government even get involved with monopoly? Doesn't the, the, the corporations and business have the right to do basically what they want? Uh, yes and no. Um, the founders, back with the Constitution, have allowed Congress to, if you will, regulate interstate commerce. So when things cross across across the borders from one state to another, Congress can intervene if they think there's something wrong. They can regulate it. That being said, well, what's wrong if they have a monopoly? Back in the early, I'm sorry, the late 1800s when interstate commerce was becoming a boom because of the trains, a lot of companies, the trains, the oil conglomerates were creating these monopolies where it became anti-competitive for others to play on a fair playing field. That being said, the antitrust laws, the Sherman Act, uh, came into effect so that Congress can regulate that. Does that mean because the company's a monopoly, can the government regulate? Not necessarily. So let's start focusing on Apple for a second. Apple has created this uh, this platform, uh, the Apple OS, the Apple iOS, and they have a ways of controlling it and regulating it to make sure that people who are on there are within the sandbox rules and also to be blunt because they are developing this, this platform, they want to make sure they get paid for providing the platform. Now, the question becomes, well, is that a monopoly? If it's an innocent monopoly, in other words, this is part of the natural organic progression of a company that's continuing to grow. And it so happens that they have control over everything. That may be allowed. It wouldn't necessarily be allowed if they were the only company that allowed Epic Games to play on their device. There are other platforms, whether it's Nintendo, Android, uh, PlayStation, and Consumers have the ability to go onto other platforms. Similarly, like if the trains had a monopoly, the train company had a monopoly, and that they were the only train service that you could ride on across states, then the government may be able to intervene. However, if there are other train companies that consumers had a choice to go to, that may not necessarily be a monopoly. But it could become a monopoly if the various owners conspired to regulate prices. So it's free to play on PlayStation. It's free to play on Nintendo. Google charges a price. Apple charges a price. So there is no monopoly as to where people can play that game. Now, that being said, you could show if there was a conspiracy, say, between those played, those paid platforms, Google and Apple, for instance, if they were conspiring together to set and regulate the price of companies to come on and to be access their uh, operating systems so that the user could play the game on that, that conspiracy may actually be a monopoly. However, my understanding is the prices are different and unless they, unless Epic has some sort of secret document showing conversations that we're going to regulate the price, 
I don't think they're going to prevail in this matter. So my prediction <clears throat> is Epic will lose the court case, but <clears throat> there's always a but. And by the way, I, I did hear that um, in some of the pre-motions um, that uh, Apple, Epic and Apple were having before the judge that apparently uh, the judge kind of got the Epic attorney to a point where he was not doing well. And I'm putting that incredibly politely. Um, but again, that's what I've heard. Uh, I have no, you know, firsthand knowledge. Uh, but I did say Epic, I think, is going to lose this battle. But there's always a but. That's the short game. What about the long game? DOJ and EU now have an interest in what's going on. In other words, Epic did highlight this. So could the Department of Justice get involved? Could the European Union get involved? So this is light that Google and Apple probably don't want have shown upon them. They don't want this attention. Um, I don't think, I honestly don't think that Epic is going to win here. Um, I think they have plenty of platforms um, if they want to play on this particular platform, iOS, uh, they're going to have to pay Apple to play. You know, it's not like they're setting exorbitant prices that become so uh, unreasonable. And also, we have to look at the fact that Apple is not just stagnant with its business. It's constantly growing, and they're using that money to grow. And yes, they're also earning that money to earn a profit. And again, I don't think that anything Apple's doing with regards to their Apple Store and their pricing scheme is um, causing a problem. Now, mind you, if everyone starts going over to uh, Nintendo or, say, uh, the Sony PlayStation or uh, Google Android and they're losing revenue because maybe their prices are too high, well, they may reduce the price. But right now, I don't see people going away. And quite honestly, I don't see the gamers of Fortnite saying, you know, screw Apple. I'm not going to buy my iPhone. I'm not going to buy my iPad. Um, I, yeah. I just don't think Epic's going to win here. But again, that's my personal opinion. And any thoughts or questions? Yes. And if I did I was waiting for your draft, so go, please. <laughs> okay, so my, my first question relates to, yeah, uh, here, I'm starting off by, by saying, well, my first question. So the, the whole thing with, uh, with collusion, uh, mm-hmm. uh, unless we, we see uh, documents that, that show up that say Apple and Google were... Right. Uh, were colluding that I mean that argument is out is out the window, uh, but uh, uh, what sort of defense is it to say look we're just charging industry standard prices because that that's that's what it looks like to me not not like Apple just went around and said hey let's all charge the same thing they they just started charging what everyone else is charging and then later on added in the fifteen percent tier for uh, for most. Uh, app developers. Well, who is everyone else that's charging? It's Google. Google is the only one of the platforms that I understand is actually charging. Um, There may be another one that's charging a a very nominal fee, but 
Google and Apple are charging similar fees, but they're not charging the same fee. And unless there's been some sort of uh, written agreement or written dialogue, or quite frankly, some sort of unwritten acknowledgement that you have to prove, Mm -hmm. I don't believe that anything they're doing is necessarily illegal, at least from that perspective. All right. Now, I, I was under the impression that that all of the other Android uh, stores outside of Google, like Samsung, that mm-hmm. they were charging similar rates. Now, of course, uh, far be it from me to do all the research to verify that because uh, <laughs> I've got a life. Um, right. <laughs> and, um, so now. Do, do you I'm see? Gonna, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to pause you there. Okay. Okay. Then okay. then if if Samsung and all the other uh, OSs are you know doing this literally the same thing, then Epic needs to bring that up uh, in their case. Otherwise, uh, they're going to lose. Yeah, uh, that's actually an interesting point because I've read somewhere. And uh, and we've, this has been going on for so long now. I can't remember where I, I, I read everything, but uh, I read that Epic was charging the same rates to uh, to the developers that were selling through their store, which made them feel seem wait. a little disingenuous to me. So so when wait, you, Ep- wait, Epic was charging the other OS uh, stores the same amount. Right, yeah. So, like, if if you're a game maker selling through the Epic Store, they were taking right. a thirty percent cut as well. Oh, okay. You're talking about through the Epic Store. Okay, I, I, I'm 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 tracking. Um, well, that that may be hypocritical, but it's not necessarily legal unless they're talking with other stores and setting the prices that wherever these games are going to, they're. There, there's a set conspired price by all the um, play by the all the play stores, and that's not what I heard in your, if you will, hypothetical. Okay. So and- yes, it's hypocritical. It's hypocritical, and it really comes down to the fact that Epic wants to be able to keep more of the profit. Of course. You know, they're looking. They're they're a billion dollar company, <laughs> and they're playing with trillion dollar companies, and they want to play with the big boys. Yeah, yeah, and I, I can't fault them for that because uh, they they want to grow their business. It's just right. how, how you go about doing that will determine how successful you are. Yeah. Um, now I, I've been hearing people, uh, armchair quarterback, and speculate that that what could come out of this is uh, is the court ordering Apple to to open up their app store essentially create uh, an official way for people to sideload apps in Mm. and, and and asking you this knowing full well that, that anything you say cannot be uh, construed as, as, as uh, (laughs) legal advice, uh, as legal advice. Do you think there's any possibility that that would actually happen? No, I don't think so. I really don't. I think because, you have the ability to use other systems for your programs. And I think one of the the niche things about Apple is the fact that it's sandbox. You know, one of the, one of the niche things about windows back in what 90, you know, from the nineties to 95 and even the two thousands is that you could basically put whatever you want on it. (laughs) So, 
you know, it's like, say, selling Windows. Well, now you have to sandbox things because Apple does. It's just a completely right. different system. You know, if, if one train company uses um, coal engines and the other one uses uh, some sort of electronic power, um, hydroelectronic power, there's just two different systems. You can't tell one system how to run the, you know, its way for, and be compliant with the other way in vis a vis. Does that make well, sense? I think it does. And if I need to clarify, please let me know. No, that that makes sense. And uh, uh, now, I've been under the impression once again, as someone that that uh, that reads a lot but uh, doesn't always have time to go and do a lot of verification, that when uh, you get a game on Wii, the developers that made the game. They they're going through Nintendo's own sandbox, so it's it's not like I could decide to to make a game at you know Jeff's new game company, and uh, and I'm selling a game where you too can be an attorney. Um, <laughs> I, I can't just pop that onto onto your your Wii. Um, I have to go through the Nintendo sandbox, right? So so. Assuming that I'm interpreting that correctly, uh, am I correct in assuming that uh, that this is actually really good for Apple's case? Because now they can say, look, I mean, this is just a thing that we all do, or at least some of us do. It's not like we're we're coming up with the whole sandbox thing to, to lock everyone out. I mean, here, here's Nintendo. They're like us. Again, it- I don't see any thing wrong with we being sandboxed as long as that um, the program developers have other platforms they can go to. And if they can put the same game or something similar on uh, a PlayStation or an Xbox or, um, you know, even on the Apple, although Apple's not known for games, um, then there's no anti-competitive matter going on. I mean, if it were something that could only be played on Wii, which, quite frankly, you know, even the uh, Xbox and the uh, PlayStation have uh, joysticks that you can use, you know, or the lightsaber or the, you know, mm-hmm. the paddles or whatever you want. Um, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if there's something for the Mac, and I'm sure there's something jerry-rigged for Windows. Um, because there are alternative platforms that people can take the, their program products to, um, I don't think you're going to find a monopoly unless you were to find a conspiracy amongst the different platforms to set and regulate prices. Yeah. And uh, as someone who has played an attorney on stage, but it's not actually an attorney. <laughs> and you're not offering legal advice. Uh, no legal for, advice. No. no. As a matter of fact, I rarely offer advice in general. It's just better that way for me. Um, when when I look at what Apple had to deal with through the that whole antitrust case with uh, with ebook pricing, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean they got hammered hard with that. I cannot imagine that someone at Apple would say, "You know, it would be a good idea. Let's do it again." You know, I'm not saying that Apple's doing this, but. Here's the thing, and this is my personal view on litigation, okay? If you have the money 
for whatever reason, and you're basically being sued because you have the money. There are three t- there are three tricks in litigation that a lot of people will use. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying this is what the trick is. Delay, number one. And number two, delay. And then, of course, number three, delay. Because the longer you delay, the longer you get to hang on to your money. You know, period. And, and you know, it's unfortunately, it's, it's part of capitalism today. Uh, you know, yeah. a lot of a lot of uh, the court systems are being abused by people who, quite frankly, were wrong and they quote unquote need to pay up. And unfortunately, they use the court systems to delay and exhaust the other party. But on a brighter yeah. note, hopefully, you have another question for me. I I, I do. I, I have another question for you, Dave. Okay, you don't mind question. that I'm just sitting here uh, no. firing off questions. No, one last okay. question here before we okay, go. Fair we're enough. Move, yeah, we're going to move on because we're getting close to time here. So Okay. Um, so my last question then, um, and this is about monopolies in general. Okay. So, so I understand that being a monopoly in and of itself does not necessarily constitute uh, a violation of the Sherman Act and, right. uh, and doesn't necessarily – uh, create a situation in which the federal government needs to get involved. And, but is it safe to say that if you then take the power that you have amassed because you're a monopoly to intentionally um, uh, uh, push other companies out of the space or prevent them from coming in, that would be a, a clear case where, where the Sherman Act comes into effect? I believe you're absolutely correct. And if you look up the Sherman Act, uh, I believe that is part of the regulations that say if you're using your monopoly, your innocent monopoly, to stifle competition, to disrupt competition, uh, then I believe the government then could inter- intervene. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Dave, Dave thanks for being right. so uh, – no, no, I, I, I just thought this was a, just roll with questions. No, that, and that's what I wanted to happen here. I think uh, I think I know Michael it was going to give us uh, great insights on this Epic versus Apple uh, uh, topic, and uh, it's uh, it's definitely going to be interesting. I'm 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 interested I'm interested to see that you you you're kind of siding to that you think uh, Epic is going to lose this, um, but uh, and it's it's. Uh, I, I'm I'm of the one that's kind of leaned towards that as well. Just what the way Epic has has done, what they've done with this, and and, and the way they've been acting, and when the way they've been doing the business, and and they have to understand that Apple has an app store, and then in fact Apple was was already starting to work with the developers and reducing their their fees as well, going moving it down to fifteen percent depending on uh, how much revenue they were generating. So so I, I think Apple's being more than fair with 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 this, and they're not and they're not trying. To, to restrict people from being able to make some money, and that these developers are obviously being, uh, in general, the developers of of, of Apple uh, apps have done very well. I mean, and you just look at the developer community. We look at WWDC every year, and how many developers? I mean, what? Two million, two or three million developers are out there for for developing iOS and and Mac 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 OS apps. So I think. Uh, Epicus has to understand that this there's this is the market, and just because they think they're a big big company, I just don't see why they think they can get away with uh, uh, pulling Fortnite and 
And all it's doing is harming them because you know they're going to have less folks that don't want to play it anymore because it's not on a platform that people enjoy using, especially iOS. So, all right, so let's. Uh, I've got a couple more topics here before we wrap things up. Here, the um, uh, I mentioned earlier about uh, uh, I lost my uh, my my uh, point here. Sorry, uh, that uh, Apple finally clarified. Uh, the use of two Apple IDs uh, uh, where you have your iCloud subscription and if you have the Apple One bundle. Uh, we've, been talk- we've talked about the Apple One bundle of uh, quite a bit here uh, it, over the last few months when, when it was released. I, 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 I subscribe to the uh, Apple One Premier bundle, which I find to be of pretty good value getting all the services that Apple has to offer right now. Um, and uh, it also includes iCloud storage. And I've been one to have two Apple IDs for many years. I, I honestly, at this point, I wish I could merge my Apple IDs because they're just not needed anymore. Back in the day, you had to do it because if you had one Apple ID and your wife and or your spouse or whoever you're sharing an account with, you're getting all their texts, you're getting all their con, your other contacts and your counter entries, and it just that's what ended up happening. But now I'm still I'm stuck, and I've had my Apple my my purchase Apple ID for you know, God 10 years 15 years probably when the iTunes store came out for the first time the app store came out for the first time so I don't want to lose that nor do I want also I also have a an, an iCloud account which actually is a mac.com account which you don't get those anymore I and I don't want to lose that either I am yeah so I don't want to lose that either so my mac.com account is was my iCloud account for storage so I was putting it on there at the time I was paying it on there and then the purchase account was doing all the apps and everything else uh, well you know now you can you can combine them and use the family uh, the family sharing and put that on the family sharing plan and then that I can have both IDs so I have both IDs sitting on a family sharing plan with other family that's been sharing our account well now I, I just recently had uh, the the rest of the, the my wife's family is now on um, on on my Apple One bundle share, so now they get access to Apple Music and News Plus and Fitness Plus and um, and the iCloud storage, which I have two terabytes. Uh, so my point is, this was an article actually in um, Apple Insider, as well as there's a support article uh, from Apple about this. Talking about if you subscribe to an Apple One uh, bundle and use a different Apple ID for cloud storage, uh, iCloud storage. Um, so you, you can basically, when you go in, you manage iCloud storage accounts within the iCloud, and, and it gives you the opportunity to be able to say, this is where my Apple, I, Apple iCloud storage is on this ID, and, and my purchase is on the other ID. So it, it keeps it separate, and it's, it's been doing a pretty good job for the most part. Um, and I, I set it up that way. The only thing I, I did make a mistake on is when I did add more family members, and I opened up my purchase account, all of a sudden I was being charged for some of their subscriptions, which I did not obviously want to pay for. So you have to be careful there too. So I had to shut off. So then the, those folks, those part of the family are not going to have access to my, um, my second Apple ID. Cause we know when we sign in, uh, to our Apple accounts, you know, you, you have the purchase account you sign into, and then you hit your iCloud account you sign into. So that's how it, at least, at least Apple has made it somewhat easy to have the the being able to sign into the app store using just my purchase account so but the family the family plan i've i've turned that off so i just i prefer not to pay for those subscriptions because they want like the new york times i got i got a got built in the new york times like wait a minute i didn't subscribe to this and oh that's what happened so you do now yeah not anymore no i i turned it off so uh but i i think this is this is good information to everybody to be aware of Uh, again 
I, I understand Apple. Why can't you come up with a way of the murder accounts at this point? I just really don't want to lose all the, I mean, I've, I mean, think about how many thousands of apps we've purchased of me, especially uh, over the years. And, and I don't want to have to go back and I mean, I'm saying, you know, granted, probably some of those apps probably don't exist anymore that are probably on that account, but why, why do I want to take a chance on that? So, but the, uh, to go back to the iCloud, I know Michael, you asked about that earlier, as far as the costs go, if you were just going to have an individual uh, iCloud account, you know, you start at the 50 gig plan to, for right. it, the, the 99 cents a month, and then you go to the 200 gig plan, and then you go to the two terabyte plan. Well, Twenty nine ninety five. You're getting all those services across the board, and if you if you if you do the math, um, it, it is a pretty good value. You're getting News Plus, and Fitness Plus, and 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 Apple Arcade, which actually Apple Arcade, I, I've been actually kind of enjoying lately because they brought a lot of uh, cool uh, a lot of cool uh, games like uh, like Oregon Trail and some of the old old uh, nostalgic games that are back, and and so I think. Apple is really starting to, to to really generate some interest with that. Apple TV Plus, of course, is included in the bundle. Fitness Plus, which I need to use more, which I don't. <laughs> I'm bad. Uh, but so, and 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 the nice thing that's here is we've talked about it before. As far as the bundles, you go, you know, from the base but the base price. I think it's like uh, fifteen dollars. You go to the twenty dollars, then you go to the thirty dollars, and then you just get the bundles. But the nice thing is I have a two terabyte plan. Plus you could actually add another two terabytes if you wanted to, if you really needed to have some more storage. So they've, they've really gotten generous with that because you never were able to do that before. So, but this is a good, this was just a good, a good article to, to review for those who do have the two, two uh, IDs, but go ahead, Michael, you have some well, questions. I, I, w- I want to go back a step on, on something, the, the part you were complaining about. Um, I, I have, I have, I'm pretty sure three different, uh, Apple accounts, um, in particular with my iTunes. Yeah. And, you know, to be honest, I mean, I, I think I can guess what the emails are. In other words, I'm guessing what the emails are because it was like 10, 12 years ago. Um, because for some reason I opened up two other ones. I couldn't tell you why. And I'm pretty sure I don't even have the passwords to those, uh, to those email accounts. And I just don't have like a day to sit on the phone with Apple to try to figure that all out. And you're right. I think it should be simple and it's frustrating that it's not because I'm sure I've got some old songs and movies and other media purchases that I've made. And I can't believe that Apple cannot straighten that out. It's just, it blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I found M, M4P files when they were when they put the pr- protection on the songs, so you can't remember. Mm-hmm. You remember that back in those days? Uh, yeah, I remember you, that. You, you download the song and you were screwed if you uh, didn't have played any on anything other than an Apple device. Uh, I mean, that's so long ago. I mean, it's not a problem now. Obviously, they've opened it up so you can download them. But yeah, I mean, there's. If I think about it, probably the purchase account that I have now, uh, so many of the apps I've bought over the years, I, I'd be, it'd be interesting to go back and see if I could look at an app I bought, you know, 15 years ago, if it still exists. It probably doesn't, but, uh, but it definitely would be interesting. So good, good, good uh, information about this. And I definitely want uh, to uh, take a look at the links I have, we have in the show notes. Um, and uh, we are a little over time, but I actually wanted to touch on a couple apps here real quick. If you, if that's okay with you guys. Absolutely. Um, the um, the first one I want to talk about is Chrome OS, uh, the Chrome iOS, uh, for iOS. It gained uh, support for widgets, finally. So now you nice. can actually 
create a widget with if you use Google Chrome for iOS on your on, on your iPhone, um, you now can put a widget in there and have a, a place to do a search through Google right there and right then and there through through Chrome. So and and it's really cool that you're able to set things up here uh, right into the home screen. So uh, I think that was a was a, was a cool thing here uh, that they've added. Uh, then the last thing I wanted to touch on is uh, there's another authenticator app I came across here. This was uh, this is a it's a it's a it's, uh, you know for two factor authentication doing authentication. It's authenticator by a company called Two Stable, um, and it's available for both uh, in the iOS store for for iOS as well as on the Mac store. And and they and we have a link to 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 their website and showing some of the things that it can do and what it supports compared to what Microsoft Authenticator and Google Authenticator does. Um, and it does a lot of stuff here. It does support Mac, which whereas Google and Microsoft do not. Uh, that's one thing that stands out. And then well, who cares about Android? But <laughs> but it, uh, it it does uh, support. Uh, you don't have to have an account, which is interesting. Where Microsoft you do, and uh, and uh, widgets it supports widgets. So you have you have the capability of widgets with with uh, two factor authentication, and you can import everything from Google Authenticator if you wanted to to bring that over. It's got a free version. I believe it only ha- it only gives you like a, I think one or two accounts i don't it's 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 pretty limited but it, it is a, a subscription service so what a surprise 9.99 for a year uh to subscribe to it so check it out i think it was a it was an interesting uh, interesting app i found this week uh with uh um uh with authenticator so any any guys any comments on that at all can are, are you in a position where you can say how it compares to authy because that's been my authenticator app of choice for Habits. years yeah, we, we should we should yeah we should uh, we should take a look at that. I I I just downloaded this uh, authenticator the other day and just and I had a lot of time to take a look at it. But I bet Authy has got some powerful things too. Of course, they're not comparing that; they're comparing the the, the big boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and no surprise there as far as as far as that goes. So, but uh, we should yeah we'll definitely uh, I think we should bring that on on, on another topic here. Look at uh, Authy. Uh, that's A U T H E U T H Y. Authy with a Y. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's uh, let's uh, check that out, and we'll 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 do that on on another show. Do a comparison. So, but uh, yes, we are way over time here. But uh, this was an absolutely awesome conversation. I really appreciate uh, both of you in the dialogue, uh, especially getting some good insights about the Epic and Apple. battle that is going on here so let's go ahead and wrap things up for this week uh, that's a wrap for this week please send your comments questions and suggestions to our email address feedback at in touch you can fi- follow us on twitter at in touch ios you can uh, subscribe in your favorite podcatcher including uh, pocket casts i always say apple podcasts but use pocket casts it's so much better and and many others but uh, better yet just go to our website at in touch where all the w- links to all the ways to listen to us are there i am dave ginsburg and you you can find me on Twitter at DaveG65. And uh, Mike Leisberg, so, thank you so much for being here. Please uh, let everybody know where they can find you. They can find me at the techsavvylawyer.page. Um, uh, I, there you can listen to my podcast, the techsavvylawyer.page podcast. That comes out about every two weeks. And, of course, you can reach me at michaeldj at techsavvylawyer.page. Great. Thanks so much for being here, Michael. I really appreciate it. And uh, Jeff, as always, I, I thank you for always being here, and thanks for coming in at the last minute. I really appreciate it, and uh, tell everybody where they can find you. Well, thanks again for inviting me because it, it's always just so much fun. Yeah. Uh, and people can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am Jay Gamut, both places, and uh, and you can find me 
at youtube.com slash jgamut. I'm uh, putting out some videos there. As a matter of fact, as soon as we are done here, I need to make the title slide for uh, a new video. So that will be up in, uh, in just a few minutes, too. All right. We're going to put that link in the show notes for your YouTube channel. I'm excited for you. That's going to be some great, you put some great content out there. Really appreciate it. I hope you'll uh, like it. And and, and I think you're getting some good, good feedback. So I am. Yeah. 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 So, all right, everybody. Thanks again for listening. I hope you really enjoyed the show. This was some great lively conversation this week and uh, we'll talk again soon.